Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hello, I'm Gavin. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network, thank you, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. I do hope you uh, enjoy what you're hearing enough to hit that subscribe button, because uh, I put out three new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones as well. And of course, you can subscribe at all the usual spots, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Make sure to subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me, I'm Kyle Meredith, talking today with Gavin DeGraw about his brand new record called Face the River. Uh, it's an album that serves as a tribute to his late parents, and we're going to be talking uh, about that, writing writing the record in that direction. Uh, he's going to tell us this amazing, heartwarming, uh, heartbreaking story about uh, his dad getting to listen to the entire record uh, before passing, as well as working with uh, one of our favorite producers, Dave Cobb, and wanting to write in the uh, story style of uh, folks like Bob Seger and uh, Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, mixed with Sam Cooke and Jimmy Cliff, as he says. Uh, Gavin's also going to talk about taking some artistic chances, uh, playing the album in full during the upcoming shows, and the time he found himself on stage with Metallica's Lars Ulrich, R.E.M.'s Mike Mills, and tennis legend John McEnroe. All that and more, let's talk about Face the River. It's Kyle Meredith with Gavin DeGraw. Wow, man. Thank you, dude. I uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. No Good problem. to be here. Yeah. Let me tell you first how much I'm instantly in love with your new record, uh, Face the River. It's beautiful. I know there's a huge story to go along with this. And and the songs, uh, man, I mean, 
I am not telling you anything you haven't heard before. You are blessed with an amazing voice and talent as a songwriter, and it is all on display on this album. Thank you so much, man. What a compliment, man. Really, thank you. This was, uh, for me, um, this particular record, uh, man, th this, was, this was a whole different thing for me. Um, I, uh, you know, I kind of been through it over the course of the last several years. Everybody's been through it. As you know, the world kind of got its ass kicked mutually uh, for a couple of years with COVID and, uh, you know, some other stuff that happened, you know, before, before COVID, you know, kind of a series of, of losses in the family for a few years and then COVID hit and then my dad got diagnosed and it was just fucking everything was all wrong. Um, but, uh, um, this record was, um, kind of a race against time to finish a record while my dad was still, you know, on the planet. And, uh, I got to play it for him. Um, um, you know, really just in time. And, uh, you know, I played him the, <clears throat> once I got to play him the whole record, uh, my brother and I hopped in the truck and we went for a drive and a half hour later, the phone rang, you know, dad, you know, your dad's having an emergency and that was pretty much the last opportunity, <clears throat> um, you know, I would have had to have him, you know, cognizant and not in, in pain and stuff like that. So I felt like there was, there was a, a little bit of that, closure for me as the son you know well, wanting to give something to him kind of uh, one last gift you know and he'd been begging me to hear hear the record here hear what i've been working on before i got to make the record i i had a, a conversation with um management and <clears throat> they were saying hey so what do you want the next record to be like and um i said well you know i really like those chris stapleton records you know and those brandy carlisle right carlisle records sound really good and you know, jason isbell records sound real good um, they're like, well, you're naming all the same producer over and over again, you know, and they're like, it's, it's a guy named Dave Cobb. I said, oh, Dave Cobb. Yeah. I've heard that name before. You know? One of the best producers in the game these, this last decade. Absolutely. Completely, man. Absolutely, man. And, um, they said, uh, well, maybe, maybe we can set up a conversation, you know, and, uh, Dave agreed to lunch and, uh, we went to lunch and, um, right in midtown, uh, Nashville. Cause I live downtown, you know, cause I, I'm addicted to nightlife. So <clears throat> I met up with him, you know, about a mile or so away and we, we sat down for lunch and it was happening to me one other time where I was expecting some old dude to walk in because he had so much success and had success for a long time. Happened to me years earlier with, with Max Martin. I met Max Martin years and years earlier in Stockholm and uh, he walked in to, to meet up and I was expecting some like dude in his 50s, 60s walk in instead like some young cool guy walks in with awesome hair and cool facial hair, you know, like, you know, looking more like a star than any of the stars I know, you know, and it kind of happened again with Dave, you know, Dave walked in, he had like, uh, I would call it luxurious hair, actually, he had nice luxurious hair, man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he had cool facial hair, shit. I was like, oh shit, he looks like a star too, right, like more like a star than the stars, you know, and uh. And uh, he sat down and he goes, hey, man, so what do you want to do? And um, I said, well, you know, I got I've been getting my ass kicked for a few years now. And I got a lot to say, but I don't want to do any co-writing. First, you know, the first few records I made, I wrote them alone and I did well with them. And I still believe in those records. And, um, you know, I want to write this one alone, too. But, you know, I want the greatest producer in the world to, to, to record it, you know, and help put put it together and that'd be you and he goes uh fuck it man yeah let's do it you know and uh and i feel like i really lucked out and that he even bothered taking that meeting you know because i 
you know, I don't really see myself uh, as a necessary worthy to get in a room with a guy like Dave. Um, so I was, I was really flattered that he, that he took the, you know, took the lunch, you know, <clears throat> and then we got in the room and, um, I really appreciated how he challenged me. You know, I, I think in general, I think personally, I work better under pressure, you know, it's better when the, you know, the Armageddon moment, you know, the planet, my, my world's going to blow up. And, um, he, he was good at kind of applying that sort of thing and testing me and, uh, and not not permitting me to make a, a typical kind of album, like a, or, or, or an, I would call it an expected type of album. You know, it really, it really pushed me and, and made me, you know, made me stretch, um, which, which I really appreciate because, you know, without his hand in the, in the challenging element of things of, of going, man, I think you could, I think you should do something crazier than where you're at right now you know, take some chances. And, and I, I like that, how he, uh, how he pushed me in that regard. I think we, we could all use a guy like Dave Cobb to do that, you know. And there are those moments, by the way, I mean, I'm going to ask about a handful of songs, but even like these very specific moments, like uh, uh, those chords in Destiny are, those are the goosebump makers. I mean, the, the, just the choice, you know, of notes that you're taking there. And, and Lighthouse, I mean, God, powerful the way it builds those are the unexpected moments for me not that i didn't think that you couldn't do those it's just you know those were the moments that i i didn't see coming and then suddenly you're in the middle of them and you're going oh god you know i'm just holding on for the ride at that point yeah man wow thank you you're, you're picking some of my favorites because those were those are um for guys like me you know musicians and guys who love listening to people jam and stretch um and go for it those two recordings i think are some of the the more challenging you know, as a singer and, you know, oftentimes, at least for me as a fan of music, when I hear somebody going for it and I'm not sure they're going to get there, that's exciting to me, you know, and, uh, and cause you know, they're challenging themselves. There was a guy I used to go see in upstate New York. His name was Morali Coriel and he was Larry Coriel's, uh, one of Larry Coriel's son, sons who was a, you know, a pretty well-known jazz fusion, uh, a guitar player uh, Larry and he had a couple sons uh, Julian right was one of them and uh and Morale Morale was a great guitar player singer man I was a teenager I used to go see him play at this place called the downtown tavern in the town of York and I'd go on the weekdays you know and I'd bump it up I became friends with some local guys out there and um the thing I loved about Morale is he would never play the same lick twice and when he played a lick you could tell he never played that lick before. And, you know, and, and he would, oh, he was always going for it. You know, there was always, he was always stretching. And as a, as a musician um, and as, as a wannabe musician, it was so inspiring watching somebody take chances in front of you. You know, he wasn't playing, playing what he knew he could execute. He was playing what he felt in the moment and you could tell, you know, and sometimes he, you know, might not get there for a moment or two, but he was one of those guys who didn't care because he, what he cared about was going for it, you know? And, and, um, and so, you know, on those couple songs on this record, there are some moments there where, you know, we're just fucking going for it, man, you know? And maybe you don't get there like you, like you heard it in your head, but it's like, it's like fuck it, I'm going for it, right? And, you know, roll, just roll tape, man, you know? And then maybe we'll get there, maybe we won't, but record it anyway, you know? 
And so, man, I'm happy you like those. That's uh, that that that's cool. That's, that really means a lot. That means a lot. Well, like I said, those those moments are all over it. And of course, you know, having to you know really pay attention to the lyrics, which you know, there are some people like me. I'm a, a rhythm and melody guy. That's that's the things I'll hear first before the yeah. lyrics. But there's of course something about this album right here where, you know, even before I exactly knew the story that you were telling. You know, it was like, oh, I need to be paying attention to this, and 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 let's talk. Let's talk about that too. We haven't actually hit like the big point of this because, because as you talk about playing this for your dad, and the reason you know, being, as I read it anyway, is this this does serve as a tribute to both your parents. And if that's exactly the case, what is the story you wanted to tell, and how did you wanted to tell? How did you want to tell it? I just wanted these people to be. I wanted these people to be remembered. You know, I wanted to celebrate them. I didn't want to bum people out. I just wanted to tell a uh, a version of some of its nar- narration, some of its just emotion of some of the things that either I was feeling or witnessing um, or was appreciating about them. Um, and you know, it's certainly no funeral march of a of a record. It's really kind of I think there's something triumphant about the overall texture of the record sonically and 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 story-wise. And I wanted to do it uh, in the vein of a, in such a way of blending some of the people who I think do it, do it well and wanted to be able to do it like that, but I can't do it like that because they're them and I'm just me, right? So um, say the way, uh, say the way a Bob Seeger would put together a story or a, or a Springsteen would put together a story or a Billy Joel, but mine, it was some of the, my favorite singing of, you know, uh, the, sort of the, those, de- those desperate howls of, of, a, of a Sam Cooke or a Jimmy Cliff, you know, um, of, you know, people who I admire uh, in, from different, different genres of, uh, of music that when you blend them all together, I just, I just call it American music. And, you know, the, the old parameters of, you know, if you look like something, you got to be categorized as some other form of music. I don't believe in that stuff. You know, I think that there's a lot of room in music just for music that feels right for you. And, um, you know, and there's in this, uh, in this sort of uh, smoothie of a society that we're in right now, I think it's okay to make records that really stretch different to different genres and, you know, combine different influences that, that you have, particularly for us, us musicians, you know, you know, typically when you're really a musician, you're a fan of a lot of different kinds of music and you don't want to be beholden any particular style. It's too, it's too limiting, you know, you know? And so, so I, I just wanted to stretch and, and kind of pay homage to, to those, those artists that I was a huge, I'm a huge fan of the Stevie Wonders, the Elton Johns, you know, but do it in the way that, you know, that I'm capable of, which is not as good as them, but I, you know, I, I, I'm some weird little amalgamation of my fanhood of all of them, you know, and, uh, and that's kind of, you know, as a, as a musician, that's really all we are is kind of a blend of our bad impersonations of our influences, you know. <laughs> there, there was one part in here, I guess, speaking of that, uh, on the song uh, Chasing Wind. Um, yeah. That's what you're doing on the keys right at the beginning of that. And I heard a little bit of yeah. uh, you can leave your hat on that style. Oh, yeah. You know, there you go. Yes, you get it. And so what I was actually thinking about was exactly that type of thing. But I was thinking about 
up on Cripple Creek, the band. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I was singing that kind one of one of the movie. greatest songs right there. One of my favorites, right? Yeah, right. It, it, thank you. Yeah, because that when I think about the see, the band was one of those uncategorizable types of groups, you know, where you could tell they had lots of different influences, and you could tell they were just deep in the love of the muscle muscle shoal stuff. But you could tell that they were huge Merle Haggard fans, and you could feel all that stuff, you know. Um, and, and so, but I felt like, ooh, ooh if there was a way to blend a, a moment like an up on cripple creek with a stevie wonder type of uh core uh, core progression or mode you know with the melody and it would be a nice little you know cross section of 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 music and uh you know just man it's just art you know you're just experimenting and, and trying to get this stuff out of your body and you know and do it in a way that that you feel like isn't um isn't all used up yet uh, do it in a way you know that feels at least fresh for you as the you know as the as the player and and the writer um and you don't want to i want to pay homage without sounding derivative you know so you want to be a rock and roll star no well how about a podcast star well as it turns out there's a new all-in-one platform just for you it's called anchor and it's the easiest way to make a podcast and check this out it's free There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, No minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I mean, it makes sense, too, especially, you know, reading some of your biography. I feel like we came up in not exact similar situations, but sort of similar situations. My, my parents didn't go to Woodstock, but, you know, we did have up here. Oh, well, I'm in Louisville now, but, you know, in the middle of Kentucky, we'd have these, you know, lake parties the river parties and everything where oh. you know everybody would have the acoustics out there and i read about the you know i think the word hootenanny was thrown into your uh your bio hey about- that's right we we have done the hootenanny yeah we have done the hootenanny because I, when i was a kid uh my great uncle earl he was a dairy farmer and um you know our our family reunions were always out at his at his farm you know he had a i think it was 160 acres in an area out near uh I believe it was Kerhonks in New York and, you know, all you know, the granddad and his brothers and, you know, my dad and, and uh, mom and, you know, the brothers, the cousins, the sisters and uh, you'd see the old timers get out and, and there weren't much uh, necessarily like real players, but it wasn't about that. And I think that's also the reminder of music in general. It's not necessarily being the best. It's not about that. It's about the community of, getting together and hanging out, sharing song and the joy of, of having that experience, you know, hanging out in front of a campfire with guitars or, you know, somebody would have like bongos or a tambourine. It, it didn't matter if you played good or not. It's not, like, it's not really not what music's about, you know, it's about feeling good. And, um, and uh, that was just, you know, part of the, the family, the family culture. And, um, it's one of those things that there was this there was this great family upstate that I was friends with, and they were all great musicians. They were called the Rouches, right? The Roush family. All these brothers married all these sisters, 
right? And it was pretty cool. Like there were, I don't know how many brothers, maybe five, five sisters. They all married each other. They're the, one of the greatest families. And they were all great musicians and good athletes. This is one of the, you know, just great, you know, the lucky gene pool crew, you know? Everybody that was good looking, you know? And uh, you go to their house and they'd have Oktoberfest at their house and you'd be like, a hundred family members and everybody played and sang it was a whole thing you know you're part of this whole local culture once you hung out with this 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 family it was a very special thing and i just think that's really you know that's what music's about it's about that that community element of things that that uh um it really creates a familial um environment you know when done when done you know loosely as i think it should be it should be loose and 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 I'll say, you know, speaking of live, you're going to take this album out and not just play some yeah. songs from it, but the whole thing. And yes, and of course, it's such a powerful album. Sure. But how rare it is for any artist, especially an artist who has, you know, multiple albums and hits to say, here's my new album. You're going to get it from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, does that feel like a trust fall with the audience? <laughs> You know, man, I the way you know the way we're putting it out, um, at least the way we're advertising it within our you know within our our group of fans is we want to let them know early on that this little run here, this is a, a special type of run, and that you know this isn't this isn't geared toward making a bunch of money and putting a bunch of asses in seats. This is a more of a fan experience, um, really environment. You know, it's not it's not I'm going out to make a living and play some music this is you're really catering to a special group of fans who've been with you from the beginning because they'll, they'll tend to be the people who really want to come out and see something as experimental as this in some ways and so and so i know that it would be typically a lot of information for a new listener in particular right because if you weren't necessarily a fan of the other music, you'd be like, I don't want to listen to that guy play a bunch of new shit for an hour, you know? And, uh, and guess what? I don't blame you. You know, I don't listen to me either, you know? So, you know, but, but if, you know, if someone is already, you know, likes the type of thing that we're doing, um, we really wanted to let them know up front that it's going to be a different kind of show and a different, uh, a different approach to playing, uh, playing a show. It's not, you know, there's, there's not going to be any pyro and stuff like that at this thing, you know, the, uh, the, the, the type of tour that this is, and we had a, a we had a very detailed discussion, you know, I, I had a conversation with my team and we all discussed it. And I, and I said, I, you know, I thought it would be nice to go out and play the kind of rooms that I used to play before I ever even had a record deal, you know, playing small rooms, you know, of course you got to sprinkle in some of the larger rooms to help fund, playing those small rooms so we'll do a few of those along the along the way but you know i it was important to me to go play the bit of rent in new york city that's a very small room you're probably looking at i don't know 200 people and uh but you know i wanted to play there because the bit of rent was the first place in new york city that ever ever gave me a gig you know i wanted to go back and play there and um so we're going to do a couple nights there and um go back and play uh antones you know and uh you know, back in the day, I mean, I, I played Antones before I ever had a, a record deal back in the day. You know, I remember I was playing a bar in New York and this uh, this famous tennis player came up to me and he said, hey, man, you want to come to Austin, Texas and play some music with some guys I know? I said, yeah, fuck yeah. And so this guy named Jim Courier, awesome, awesome guy. 
So I went down there and the next thing you know, this guy, he's like, yeah, man, this tennis player wants to get up and play guitar. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, go ahead. And sure enough, I'm up there like playing keys and John McEnroe walks up <laughs> on stage with a guitar. I said, oh shit, it's John McEnroe. And I look behind me and Lars is playing drums. <laughs> Fucking Lars from Metallica was on a drum. And I looked over and I was like, holy shit, that's Mike Mills on bass. I didn't realize, you know, I'm playing with a bunch of, uh, I was playing with a bunch of celebrities, you know? And um, so, so, but it, it's cool now to think back and go, you know, I want to go play these kinds of rooms and actually ending up in, in those, those old rooms, or at least those, the names of those places again, and, you know, keeping the legacy of those local joints alive. And, uh, and I think that's something all of us musicians, uh, should, you know, we need to remember that those clubs are the reason that we're out here. You know, they gave us opportunities. They didn't necessarily have the money to, but they said, yeah, kid, here's 30 bucks. Here's a couple of drink tickets, not, you know, knock yourself out. And that kind of stuff kept you going when you were coming up. Well, if you can uh, hook back up with Lars at any point, at least then you can bring back the pyro too, because uh, <laughs> yeah. Gavin DeGraw pyro show is, I think, <laughs> yeah. what we're all missing. Could you imagine? I know pyro is so the opposite of me. Um, <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's, it's, if you, you just need to know when to use it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of one of you, like, you know, I don't want to be, it's, you know, those <laughs> moments right there, you know. Get out the t-shirt. What Paul McCartney would do, you know. Oh, the t-shirt on stage. <laughs> so bad. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the show now. Don't let me down um, <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> God. yeah dude seriously uh, um honestly this record is so damn good uh wow, face the man. river thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it congratulations on this and you know uh i hope you and dave work together again in the future because uh the recipe that you all are making i'm all for it i really appreciate that man it means a lot it really means a lot man and i hope you get to come out to the gig man i'd love for you to see what, what we're doing live and you know we just we just think that real is where it's at that's all absolutely i'll be there i'll be there awesome thanks, all right bro. man take care and thank you, uh man. and thanks so much thank you man have a great day my thanks to gavin DeGraw. Again, the new album is called Face the River. And thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Uh, before you get out of here, I do hope, again, you hit that subscribe button. Uh, three new interviews. New interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Make sure to subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, at mostly on Twitter, uh, but also Facebook and Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. 
Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.